the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You can always come back to him, and he will always receive you back, and he will always forgive you. He will always restore you back. That's his desire for us, that we would repent and turn back to him and be restored back to a bright relationship with the Lord. That's the story of the prodigal son, right? Father was waiting for his son to come back. When he saw his son coming on the horizon, he ran to his son and fell upon his neck and began to kiss him on the neck and say, my son who was lost has returned. As a parent, you don't enjoy giving consequences to your children. You don't delight or get pleasure in seeing their pain or their disappointment. But there are times when it's necessary for something to sting, to get their attention, and to turn their hard heart back to a soft, moldable place. This was God's intent with the judgments that came for His people. It didn't give God enjoyment to see them suffer and become prisoners of exile. Today, Pastor Dan explains God's reasonings for what He allowed. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Amos, chapter 3, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now, verse 7 is a really important verse for us. You should highlight it in your Bible or circle it or put a little star by it or whatever it is you do. It says that God reveals his secrets to his prophets. And then the prophets declare it to his people. Now, this is why it's important for us to study God's word, especially prophecy. It's important for us to be students of the word, especially prophecy, because God revealed his future plan for this world in the scriptures. And studying prophecy helps us to understand where things are heading in this world that we're living in. It helps us make sense of the things and the events we see going on all around us currently. And how they fit into God's plan for the last days. You know, uh, 27% of your Bible, 27% is prophecy. One in four verses are prophecy. And so it's, you know, if you're going to ignore prophecy, you're going to ignore 25% of the Bible. But the reason God now, he reveals what his plan is through his prophets so that his people can understand what's going on in the world that they're living in, make sense of things based on what the scriptures say. So it's important for us to study these things and to know these things so that we can look at what's happening in the world and where things are heading and what's going on and we can see 
how it lines up with God's plan for the last days. So verse 8. A lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? Amos says, God has spoken. I had to to declare the message. I had to prophesy. I had to share it. I couldn't keep it to myself. God has given us the gospel message to declare to the whole world. We have a burden to share the hope found in Jesus Christ with this lost world. Uh, In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the apostle Paul writes... Uh, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Paul says, I I have to preach the gospel out of necessity. Just have this necessity that's been laid upon me. He says, you know, I'm compelled to preach the gospel. I'm burdened to tell people. He says, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Paul was saying, essentially, I don't have a choice in, in the matter. I've got to declare the gospel. I've got to tell people about Jesus Christ. And may we have the same burden to just share Jesus Christ and share the gospel message with people. And here Amos says, I've got to say what God told me. I've got to, I got to declare the message. Now look what he says in verse 9. He says, proclaim in the palaces at Ashdod, And in the palaces in the land of Egypt and say, assemble on the mountains of Samaria. See great tumults in her midst and the oppressed within her. And now Ashdod was a Philistine city. And what the Lord God does here is he invites the Philistines. He invites the Egyptians to kind of pull up a chair, if you will, and witness the chaos and the oppression in Israel that resulted from their rebellion. And the reason that God invites the Philistines and invites the Egyptians to witness this is to warn those nations. And what's the warning? Here's the warning. If God judges his own chosen people for their sin, he certainly will judge those other nations for their sin. And so he says, come, you know, just pull up a chair, come to the mountains of Samaria. Let me show you what's happening in the nation of Israel, how I'm punishing them for their sin, and, and let it be a warning to you. Let it be sobering to you. And I would say, uh, when God punishes one of his own people for their sin, it should serve as a warning to all of us. It should sober us. It should cause us to search our own hearts and to repent of any sin that we have in our own lives. You know, in Acts chapter 5, when God brought judgment upon Ananias and Sapphira for lying. And he struck them dead. It says in Acts chapter 5, verse 11, the great fear came upon all the church in response to that. And that should kind of be our response when we hear about somebody who has fallen because of sin or someone who's been exposed because of some sin in their life uh, or it's come out, you know, or whatever. We hear the story of what's going on and what's really happening and this person is brought down because of it. Well, we should consider ourselves, our own sin. I think so much today we, we kind of glory in someone else's sin, you know, in a, in a, in a gossipy kind of way. 
It should strike the fear of the Lord in us when we see somebody else fall. But for the grace of God, there go I. And so now in in verse 10, goes on, verse 10. Look what he says about Israel. For they do not know to do right, says the Lord. Who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. They don't know to do right. They have forgotten how to do what is right. What a statement about the people of God. They are so far away from God. These are the people of God. These aren't pagans. And they don't know what's right anymore. They're so far away. But you know, they can always come back. That's the message throughout the Bible. That these people who have wandered so far away from God. That they can always come back. Just look over in chapter 5. Verse 4. The Lord says to the house of Israel. Seek me and live. He invites them to come back. They've gone so far away from God. But God always extends a hand to them. A hand of salvation. He always invites them to return. And the same is true for us. The same is true for anyone. It doesn't matter how far you wander away from the Lord. How far you drift away. It doesn't matter if you turn away from him and forsake him. You can always come back to him. And he will always receive you back. And he will always forgive you. He will always restore you back. That's his desire for us, that we would repent and turn back to him and be restored back to a right relationship with the Lord. That's the story of the prodigal son, right? Father was waiting for his son to come back. When he saw his son coming on the horizon, he ran to his son and fell upon his neck and began to kiss him on the neck and say, my son who was lost has returned. You know, he, he celebrated, killed the fatted calf, put on a robe, put on shoes, put my ring upon him. That's our father's heart. That's God's heart towards sinners. Verse 11. Therefore, thus says the Lord God. An adversary shall be all around the land. And he shall sap your strength from you and your palaces shall be plundered. Now, this is speaking of Assyria. And this was fulfilled by the Assyrian invasion of Israel about 30 years after Amos wrote these words, uh, the Assyrians invaded the land of Israel. And when the Assyrians would invade a nation, they did this in every nation, uh, what they would do is they would invade a nation and they would systematically start destroying all the cities in the nation and, and burning them to the ground. And they would leave the capital city until last. So that that capital city was isolated, had no, no other cities that were going to send help. This is the way the Assyrians would do it. They would just systematically go through the land and go city to city and destroy city after city in the land until the capital city was the only city left. And so here it describes the Assyrians, you know, that sapped Israel of its strength. And, and this is how they did it. And they did this in every country. There's only one city in all of their history that they left. And that was the city of Jerusalem. Remember the story in the Bible of uh, the the angel killing 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. And uh, the Assyrian army abandoned Jerusalem and went back to Assyria. 
historically, you know, outside the Bible, other historical uh, documents verify Jerusalem is the only city they left untouched. And secular historians have no explanation for this. The Bible tells us God delivered the city of Jerusalem. But that's another sermon for another time. (laughs) We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. So, the Assyrians sapped Israel's strength. Verse 12, Thus says the Lord, as a shepherd takes from the mouth of a lion two legs or a piece of an ear. Remember, there were lions in the land of Israel at this time. David talks about fighting off lions to protect his sheep. So shepherd takes from the mouth of a lion two legs or a piece of an ear. So shall the children of Israel be taken out who dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and on the edge of a couch. The the idea here is the nation will be thoroughly and completely destroyed by the Assyrians. There won't be much left once the Assyrians are finished with a piece of a couch, you know, part of a chair, that kind of thing, a piece of a bed. Verse 13, hear and testify against the house of Jacob, says the Lord God, the God of hosts, that in the day I punish Israel for their transgressions, I will also visit destruction on the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground. Now, remember, uh, once the nation split into two kingdoms in the northern kingdom, they set up Bethel and Dan as, uh, this, uh, as places to go to worship idols so that the people would not travel down to Jerusalem to worship at the temple any longer in Jerusalem. They set up a center of idol worship in Bethel, another one in the northern part of the country in the city of Dan. They set up golden calves at Bethel and Dan, and those became just centers of idolatry in the land of Israel. And here God says he will destroy the altars of Bethel, specifically those altars. I will destroy the winter house along with the summer house. The houses of ivory shall perish and the great houses shall have an end, says the Lord. Now Amos proclaimed this warning of coming judgment at a time of great prosperity in Israel, economic prosperity. The wealthy in the land had two homes. They had a winter house and a summer house. You know, people have a vacation home today. They decorated their homes with exotic materials like like ivory. Now, this is not to say that it's wrong to have, you know, a vacation home or nice things in your home. The point here is, is that He's proclaiming this message in a time of great economic prosperity. 
And that made Amos's message just seem foolish. Things have never been better in the nation economically, financially. And here he's saying, it's all going to come down. It's all going to be destroyed. You're going to lose your winter house and your summer house. All the nice furniture that's inside us, all going to be destroyed. That was kind of a hard message to believe in such good times. And so it goes on in chapter uh, 4, verse 1. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, (laughs) who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to your husbands, bring wine, let us drink. So here Amos refers to the women of Samaria as cows, the cows of Bashan. (laughs) Uh, You know, the people of Samaria worshipped the golden calf, and here God calls them a bunch of cows. You cows of Bashan. Now, Bashan was on the Golan Heights in, uh, in northern Israel. Psalm 22, that, that wonderful messianic psalm about the crucifixion of Jesus, talks about the bulls of Bashan have surrounded me, right, up in the northern part, in the Golan Heights. Uh, verse 1 indicates they gained their wealth through oppressing the poor and crushing uh, the needy. And the women of Samaria say to their husbands, Bring wine! Let us drink. The, the women pass their time in idleness and drinking. The Samaritan women were quite a contrast to the virtuous woman described in Proverbs 31. The Proverbs 31 woman is commended because she does not eat the bread of idleness. And the Samaritan women spend all their time in idleness. You know, just drinking wine, going to brunch, that kind of stuff. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness, behold, the day shall come upon you when he will take you away with fish hooks and your posterity, your children with fish hooks. Again, they're living uh, in great prosperity right now. The, you know, the women spend their days drinking wine together kind of thing. And, and here he warns them and says, but the days are coming. When the Lord will take you away with fish hooks and your children with fish hooks. Again, this is speaking of the Assyrians. The Assyrians were, were brutal to the people they conquered. They would uh, torture people. They would mutilate their bodies. They would cut out their tongues, gouge out their eyes, cut off their ears, skin them alive, uh, cover furniture with human skin. Uh, and one of the things that the Assyrians did uh, is is they when they would transport captives, they would transport the captives by attaching them together with ropes and fish hooks, and they would take the fish hook with a rope tied to it and another hook tied to that and another hook, and they'd have them all linked together by ropes, and they would put the hook through a person's nose or through their lip, and that's how they would march them back to Assyria with a fish hook through their lip. Uh, to carry them back. You know, there, there's, there's, there's historical records of cities uh, committing mass suicide rather than falling into the hands of the Assyrian army because they were so brutal. And here, this is what he's talking about. You're going to be carried away captive by the Assyrians. This is what they're going to do to the women of Samaria. Verse 3, you will go out through broken walls. They're going to knock down all your cities. Each one straight ahead of her. Again, he's talking about the women. And you will be cast into Harmon, 
Your translation might say the fortress there. Says the Lord. Now, now Harmon is an unknown site where the women of Samaria were carried away as slaves. The Assyrians, they separated the male and female captives. And they took them to different camps. As a way of demoralizing the people, especially the men of the nation. To see your women carried away to a separate camp. Or now the men can't protect their wives or their moms or their daughters any longer. Just, it demoralized the men by doing this. Look what he says in verse 4. The Lord says, come to Bethel and transgress. And Gilgal, multiply transgressions. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three days. Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven. Proclaim and announce the free will offerings. For this you love, you children of Israel, says the Lord God. God says this sarcastically to them. He says, you know, come to Bethel. Again, that's where they had set up the golden calf. Come to Bethel and transgress. Gilgal had become a place of idol worship in the northern kingdom. And he, he says, you know, come to Gilgal, multiply your transgress, bring the sacrifices that you make to these idols, the offerings, the tithes, all of it. You know, do all of these things that you do in your worship of these idols, he says, that you love to do. See if these idols can help you. See if these gods can deliver you. I want you to note here in verse 5, they loved this worship. They loved this worship. But, but it, it, was, it was corrupt. It was ungodly. They loved it, but God hated it. Just because uh, we may enjoy something, or just because uh, we might love something, doesn't mean that God loves it. How uh, worship makes us feel should never be our measure for worship. Just because worship is pleasing to us doesn't mean it's pleasing to God. Just because worship is, uh, just because we love it doesn't mean that God loves it. He, he may despise it, in fact. Even if it's, you know, it's, it's awesome and it's powerful and it's, you know, well, does God think it's awesome? Does God love it? Does it honor God? Is it in agreement with his word? Is it worship that pleases him? We should never uh, measure these things based on how they make us feel. But does it honor God? Does it please him? Does he love it? So now that brings us to verse 6. Beginning in verse 6, all the way down to verse 11, the Lord lists several judgments that he sent upon the nation of Israel. And he sends these on the nation of Israel in an attempt to get Israel to return back to him. He's chastening them to try to get them to repent and to get them to return back to him. The first thing I want you to note here with this is that God did not send just one thing upon the nation. To get them to turn back. He asked me how I know, and 
Prophet Amos brought a word of judgment to the people. This word began with condemning Damascus, Gaza, and others among the neighbors of Israel. When the people heard these words, they may even have cheered along with the righteous judgment of God on people they knew to be pagan, people who did not believe in the one true God. But imagine how the crowds grew silent when Amos got to the part about Judah, where he said, For three transgressions of Judah, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they have rejected the law of the Lord. And then even more when he says the same about Israel, adding, They sell the righteous for silver, and the needy for a pair of sandals. It's easy to celebrate justice when it comes down on our enemies, but it takes humility to see our own sin in the same light. God is a God of justice, but He never leaves anyone without an escape. He calls His people to return to Him. You'll want to keep coming back to hear the hope God offers to the people because He makes the same offer to you. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Ring of Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, located in Columbia, Maryland. If you're in the area, join us for Sunday morning services. Find out more at calvaryec.org. And if you can't join us, you can always find our podcast on iTunes for more great biblical messages. We love being with you today. See you next time for another message here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.